Well, thank you for joining us today at our celebration Palm Sunday service. We are excited today for what God is about to do. We are just a few days away from Easter. And I believe that God is gonna God has already done amazing, amazing things during this time period that we have taught on this on this series on the seven statements of Jesus on the cross. God has done amazing things and i believe that god is going to continue to do amazing things and i believe that we are bracing ourselves for miracles we are bracing ourselves for for that first love to be restored again in our hearts where we would just love jesus again when we look into these messages and we are reminded about what jesus has done for us i pray that it will just it will it will you know it will be engraved upon our hearts the cross of christ is one is the most important message that we could even um, that 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 sometimes we have made it um, something that we preach about only occasionally. Sometimes that we preach about over Easter and over Christmas, we try to mention Jesus, but He is the center of every single message. And so today we're going to turn in our Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter fifteen, verse thirty-three to thirty-six. I know this is going to be an exciting day where God is just going to touch His people and God is going to move mightily. And I pray that whatever need you have come with before the altar of the Lord, I believe that God is going to touch you in an amazing way and that your life will never never be the same again. God is about to move on your behalf and God is about to transform your life. Let's go to the book of Mark chapter 15 verse 33 to verse 36. Mark chapter 15 verse 33 to 36. At noon darkness came over the whole land until the until 3 in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? One translation says, why have you forgotten about me? When some of those standing here heard this, they said, listen, he's calling Elijah. Someone ran and filled a sponge with vinegar, put it on a staff and offered it to Jesus to drink. Now leave him alone. Let's see if Elijah comes to take him down. He said, now we have spent some time, as I said, busy with this series, this amazing series on the seven saints of Jesus upon the cross. And up until this point, we have witnessed the awesome grace and mercy of our Lord. The first thing that he did was he prayed for forgiveness. Then he promised salvation. And then he made provision for his mother. And for me, this is the most difficult of the seven things to consider. It deals with an issue that we had not rather considered. In fact, it all, it with all due respect, um, the very nature of this um, account repulses a person. It, it brings about that, um, it, it's something that really grieves one's heart. But we have to look into it because, as I said, when we look into this particular type of teachings and we realize what Christ has done for us, we pray that the love of God, the revelation of love that Paul prayed from the book of Ephesians will be begin to become our reality father we pray today i want us to declare today father we trust in you today that through this this insight and through this revelation and through this teaching there will just be a greater love for you a greater love for you the greater love that we will lay down our lives on the altar for you in jesus mighty and majestic name glory be to god as the children of god we look upon the cross with great humility and admiration but our humanity has difficulty embracing the fact that Jesus was forsaken as he hung upon the cross, bearing the sins of the world. This may be the subject that we have trouble considering, but it's true nonetheless. Our blessed Lord bore our sin in his body on a tree. 
and in doing so he endured a time of separation from god the father so we want to spend some time now examining the text and looking into it more deeper and finding the eternal truths revealed as jesus cried of these words my god my god why has thou forsaken me we're going to look at three things that this text is going to open up to us and one of the first things that we're going to start with today is the timing of these words in the book of mark chapter 15 we're going to look at verse 33 and verse 34 and when the sixth hour was come there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour and at the ninth hour jesus cried with a loud voice at this point in the crucifixion, Jesus has already been on the cross for about three hours. Three hours. At the sixth hour, which was noon, which was 12 noon, darkness invades the land for three hours until the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. We cannot begin to imagine or comprehend the suffering that Jesus had to endure during these three hours or during these three hours and this, this time on the cross. Spikes were driven through his hands, his hands and his feet, his muscles were cramping. He needed to push up his weight to be able to breathe. He had many different things that he was suffering upon the cross of Calvary. The Son of God has been, been hung upon a cross that was reserved for the most wicked of criminals. And has endured the mockery and shame of the multitudes and the torment on this particular moment. But now as the sixth hour approaches, darkness covers the land. This was the middle of the day. It was 12, p 12, 12 noon, sorry. And at this particular time now, darkness is over the whole earth. We don't know how far this darkness spread. They say to Egypt, some say as far as Egypt egypt to the south and Britannia to the north and that is what people was referring to some students or some theologians try to 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 to, to think on how far it could have spread but what the bible says the earth was filled with darkness the earth was filled with darkness at this time 12 in the afternoon it was the middle of the day and there was absolute darkness <coughs> excuse me this could not have been an eclipse because we know that it was at the Passover and during Passover it's usually full moon. The sun and the moon were not at the right position for an eclipse. So this was a miracle of God. So why was the darkness at this time during the crucifixion? Those are the questions we're going to answer in this particular study. Why was there darkness over the earth? The Bible teaches us the first thing is prophecy. In Amos 8 and verse 9, the Bible says, And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day. So this was a miracle. Now I'm trying to I'm trying to picture this moment. For years they've been celebrating the Passover, Passover, but years an abnormal moment, something that they're not used to. I ask myself, how was it possible that these people could not be convicted? How was it possible that these people could not realize their sin? 
But then I realized again what the Bible teaches us in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 4 that the enemy has covered our mind, the God of this world has covered our mind with a veil that we cannot see the glorious light of the gospel. And this reminds me so many times about people that sees the hand of God, that sees the miraculous power of God, but yet they deny the works and yet they reject Him as Lord and Savior in their lives. The second thing that happens here, we see mercy. Christ had endured the suffering of ridicule and shame as he hung naked on the cross. God turned off the lights out upon the ridicule. God like put turn off the lights so that people that he could not that people would not see his son in this state because his son was hanging upon that cross. Now we must understand Jesus was fully man and fully God at this moment. Some teach that at this moment the Christ left him and only Jesus hung upon the cross at this particular moment. But that is not true. That is not true because if that happened we're gonna get into the understanding of why we cannot say that why some um, some cults teach this type of teaching that when Jesus hung upon the cross his deity left him his it was only his humanity upon the cross some have said it was a phantom spirit many other things that were said about Jesus at this hour but the Bible says or the Bible teaches us that there was darkness so the lights went out what we understand here that there was a fulfillment of prophecy fulfillment you humanity was under the grip and the darkness of sin and jesus entered the darkness of sin so that all could be delivered from its darkness into its glorious light first Coloss colossians sorry chapter 1 verses verses 12 and 13 the bible teaches us he delivered us from the kingdom of darkness and he has translated us transferred us into the kingdom of light somebody needs to get excited he experienced the darkness for us so that we never have to experience the darkness of sin that is grace that is mercy here we see god's sovereignty on display hallelujah god was judging the sins of the world in his son and the world had no business looking in on the sovereign transaction of God. Therefore, the lights went out. Therefore, the lights went out. The second thing we're going to look at in this text is the truth of these words. In verse 34, and the Bible says, And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which is being interpreted, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? What? can we discover from these enduring words of our Lord? The thing that we're looking at here is prophecy being fulfilled. Much had been prophesied of the Lord's coming crucifixion by the prophets of old. And as Jesus made his entrance into this world, walked among men, died and rose again, he fulfilled each of these prophecies to the latter. And this was impossible for any person to have ever done, to fulfill every single prophecy to the letter. My God, he came to fulfill everything that was prophesied about him. These words were prophesied of David concerning the crucifixion in the book of Psalms 22 and verse 1. 
Psalms 22 and verse 1 says, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Why art thou far from helping me? And from the words of my rowing. That is what was said in Psalms 22, written by the psalmist, where David predicted what would happen or could foresee what would happen. Glory be to God. The next thing we're looking at here is the parting. The parting. He says, Why hast thou forsaken me? Why have you forgotten me? Why have you forgotten? me was the words of Jesus Christ. We cannot begin to imagine the agony and the suffering that Jesus endured at this moment in time. The pain, as we said earlier, the spikes, the pain, whatever the, the weather was that day, whatever was felt in Jerusalem, he and he carried the sins of the world upon him. He carried the sins of the world. So not only the external pain, but the weight of sin that he carried upon the cross. This reveals the reality of the cross of Christ Jesus our Lord. He was forsaken of God. He was, what we are saying here is that Jesus was abandoned. He was deserted. He was left helpless and utterly forsaken. We really cannot appreciate the enormity of the emotions that Jesus felt. There has never been a time when Jesus didn't exist. Remember, he's eternal. He's an eternal being. There was never a time that he did not exist. He has been with the Father for all eternity. We really cannot appreciate that, that this thing. We cannot look into it. If we do not look into it and, and, and study the text, you know, sometimes we will not have the inside the revelation and we will not understand how is it that sometimes people that that carry this revelation every time they think about the cross every time they think about jesus grace every time they think about his mercy they are so drawn into him they are drawn deep in love with him because this has become a revelation unto them my god he has always been he has always been and ever since before the creation of the world and during his existence he had never experienced separation from the father we need to now look at this for all eternity jesus has never known what it was to be separated from the father and this moment now hanging upon the cross he feels that moment of being abandoned my god this is a moment that we as people need to understand this is a moment where we're looking into the grace and the mercy of god this is what sin has done to humanity it has brought us to be separated from god and if jesus which who was the son of god felt this emptiness therefore i i i never ever think people that is that, that doesn't serve god or those who have backslidden there is that longing there is that desire even i believe in atheists why would he be fighting god if he does not have that if that things are not troubling that sin isn't troubling i watch sometimes these videos of people in different nations how they would be challenging christians on the road and challenging christians while they are preaching and and you know we have all this type of things that people are doing and um you find that people they 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 they, they think that they are, are are actually winning by their debates but what i've realized is there's a longing in people's hearts even though they are they, they're following other religions wholeheartedly but yet i i know and i know and i can say this that with with confidence i know and i and i know they they they, they the, the separation that sin has brought for from for uh, of humanity from god you know it's like it's like people are desiring something they're desiring something more and so they find something this type of temporary um, fulfillment 
in things that's not right and and sin separation i mean from god the life giver god the peace giver he's the promise keeper and we need to we, we we need to understand this today that when we are separated from god we are enemies of god we are enemies we had enmity with god and it's only through the blood of jesus christ and through what jesus has done for us on the cross that we can experience this union with god that we can experience this this oneness with god that we can be united with god and so here at this point in time jesus is experiencing separation from god the father for all humanity that we would never have to experience this ever in our lives there never been this time he failed to please god jesus always pleased the father there was nothing that could separate jesus from god there never been a time where he sinned or needed to seek forgiveness because he was perfect he was sinless he had always enjoyed the sweet abundant fellowship with god but as he hung upon this cross bearing our sins that fellowship was broken it was there as jesus became a sacrifice bearing our sin that God turned his back on his only begotten son because he could not look upon sin my God he could not look upon sin and this ought to make us look at our sin from a different perspective if G if God could not look at Jesus on the cross when Jesus was carrying the sins of the world how should our reaction be with sin how should our perspective be of sin should we then still ask the questions can I do this can I do that and we know that it's wrong and we know that God does not agree with it if God felt this way about sin if God had to turn his back when his son suffered on the cross why is it that we still compromise why is it that we still think that some things that are wrong we want to make right if God felt about sin in this way that he had to give the darling of heaven to die on the cross of Calvary why is it that some of us could still think that we could play with sin how is it that we could still live in sin how is it that we could still sin like sin is just something that we are depending on God's grace and saying oh grace got me covered grace got me covered grace got me covered and I just can continue doing what I I should not have been doing if God would not tolerate sin or even look at it as it was placed on his son who are we to think that we can sin and just get by with it how do we think we can just live this life and just continue and just think god because you know i like what some preachers said we said sometimes when we when we do not get punished for our sins immediately we're thinking that god is fine with it i'm telling you we need to be careful we need to be very sure we need to be very careful of what we what we think when we are doing the wrong thing that because judgment is not coming upon us immediately that god is satisfied that god is happy we need to ask god to be merciful to us somebody say god be merciful to me jesus suffered the punishment for our sin he suffered the punishment and this is likely what this is likely what 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 what, what was hard to accept but god punished sin in his son he punished sin in his son my god we were set free from the punishment of sin therefore when we come to repentance we're not only saved but we're also delivered from the punishment therefore we are set free from the guilt of sin i thank god for jesus christ jesus suffered the righteous judgment of god for the sin of all humanity and we need to understand that listen to what isaiah isaiah 53 and verse 10 says this 
yet it was the will of the Lord to bruise him. Some translations would say to crush him. He has put him to grief and made him sick. Listen to the terminology and the words. He put him to grief and made him sick. When you and does it from the Amplified Translation. When you and he make his life an offering for sin and he has risen from the dead in time to come, he shall see his spiritual offspring. He shall prolong his days and the will and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hands. This was no mistake or accident. Christ had not simply caught up in the hatred was caught up in the was not only simply caught up in the hatred and devious plan of those who sought to kill him this was the will of god from the foundation of the world the bible says in peter before the foundation of the world the lamb of god was slain god and christ knew there would come a day that he would bear the sins of the world and the righteous judgment of god in his body i don't know about you but i have taken a fresh look at the love of god during this study he was willing to offer his son punishing the righteous for the unrighteous can you imagine how god the father must have felt during this ordeal take just a moment to consider what Christ bore alone. Every vile and wicked sin that he had been or ever would be committed was placed upon him at Calvary. He bore the sin of the rapist. He bore the sins of the homosexual. He bore the sins of the lesbian. He bore the sins of every murderer, of every person. The wickedest sin that we can think about. He carried that sin to the cross so that no person when they come to him that there will not be enough enough grace to receive them because we have said this time and time again where sin abounds grace abounds even more so there's no sin that jesus cannot forgive there's no sin that the blood cannot wash away therefore we need to take a moment to consider what jesus did we need to look into it we need to look at what happened on this particular moment more than two thousand years ago on the cross of calvary he made provision the bible says in verse 34 and at the ninth hour jesus cried with a loud voice eloi eloi which is being interpreted my god my god why hast thou forsaken me there's a wonderful truth that we cannot overlook in this particular text or in this statement he had not gone to calvary without a purpose god would never have allowed this to happen if this was not his plan christ would never have to have been had to submit to this awful death had it not been willing to purchase our redemption has he not been willing to purchase our redemption christ did not die because he was guilty he did not die because he was unable to escape or get a fair trial he did not die because the high priest and the same hindran and Pilate had cast their voices against him he died to provide for our salvation glory be to god he died so that we might be forgiven reconciled to god and inherit eternal life second corinthians 5 verse 21 he says for he had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I like first Peter 22, 2 verse 24 also. He who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we may that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness and by his stripes we were healed. Just want to read it again. 
who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by his stripes we have been healed or we were healed to read it exactly out of the text it says we were healed we were healed therefore we receive healing i pray right now every sickness every disease shall leave your body in the name of jesus cancer shall dry up sickness will dry up any disease will die in your body in the name of jesus because you are filled with god in the mighty name of jesus he paid the price that we are being healed all the time that sickness cannot dominate that sickness cannot reign that sickness cannot rule in the name of jesus i thank god that with the benefit of salvation came healing when we look at jesus we need to understand the perfection the perfection listen to the sinner that said next to jesus on the cross he said that this man has done nothing wrong he saw jesus for who he was even in his suffering and death jesus maintained his deity even though he bore the sins of the world he never ceased to be god he was born as a man but he continued to be god as he suffered upon the cross he continued to provide the example that we need to follow no doubt his deity as well as humanity was repulsed by sin that he bore he had never known sin and now he bore the sin of the world even in that moment he did not reject god or accuse god or accuse accuse god or accuse or say anything negative about god in the most difficult moment of his eternal existence christ continued to cry out to his father he continued to trust god and submit to his will we need to learn that that lesson as we serve the lord oftentimes during difficult times we get bitter and angry with god and we want to blame god for what's happening in our lives many times when people need the lord the most they turn away from him when people need him at this darkest hour jesus shows us that when we are going through dark moments we need to turn to god and not from god the bible says in job 13 verse 15 though he slay me yet will i trust in him but i will maintain mine own ways before him that's what job said even though he slay me father i thank you for supernatural strength i know your people are facing trials and tribulations and hardships and in some hearts there has been found some bitterness and hatred there has been asked some questions why have you allowed this why have you why have you made this happen why have i lost my child why have i lost my marriage why have i lost this why have i lost that and sometimes those dark hours started making us question god we started questioning god where were you why were you not there but listen to job he says that though he slay me yet i will trust in him that even in this last and final moments jesus did not reject God did not turn away from God I pray today that we be infused with inner strength that we will never leave the paths of righteousness that we will never leave the paths of righteousness the third point we're going to look at today is the tragedy of these words verse 35 and verse 36 the response of those who heard these precious words reveal a great tragedy at this particular time it was 35 and some of them that stood by when they heard it said behold he called it elijah 
Some who stood by told that Jesus was crying for Elijah to come to his aid. They had not viewed him as the Messiah and they simply did not understand that he was crying out to God. They missed the whole point of the words that Jesus spoke. They misunderstood what he said. It is tragic. But the message of the cross continues to be misunderstood even until this particular day. We have the complete revelation of God in His Holy Word. And yet, there are men that continue to misunderstand and misinterpret the scriptures. The Jews regarded the presence and person of Elijah even more than what they did Jesus. Mankind still chooses to deny the truth of the gospel today and the way of salvation. Many today have gone into heresy, false doctrine because they have misunderstood the word of God. Many want to set their own terms or conditions regarding salvation. Paul shared the gospel in a few short and concise words in the book of 1 Corinthians 15 verse 3 and 4. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. This is simple enough for a child to, to understand, and yet many have had hard times embracing the gospel. If you reject it or choose to ignore it, then there is no other hope for you. Hallelujah. Then you look at this in the last verse, verse 36. We see how the Messiah was mocked. And one ran and filled a sponge full of vinegar and put it on a reed and gave him to drink, saying, Let alone, let us see whether Elias will come and take him down. Many of those present that day continued to mock and reject Christ as the Messiah. As he hung enduring the torment of separation, the mockery continued all the time. They were blinded to the truth and had no idea that he was there for their benefit. Therefore Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Today, I want to make a call. Today, I pray that this message has opened and enlightened us. I pray that through this precious word, we have this desire. We're looking at, we're looking at what we went through today. We're looking at the timing of the words. We're looking at how, how the truth of these, what were the truth of these words. And then we also looked as we concluded today, we looked at the tragedy of these words. And we understand that these were precious words. To some it was words that they used to mock Christ. They, they said things against him. But today we understand that how important these words were. And today I want to leave you with this thought. We too have been brought to a place of decision. You have heard the gospel. You have heard of the suffering and sacrifice that Jesus made for the sins of the world. The question is, what will you do with what you have heard? Will you embrace Christ as the Savior of the world? Or will you continue to reject Him and make a mockery of His suffering and provision for you? You cannot remain neutral about this. You must decide in this life what you will do with Jesus. A decision to put him off for now is a decision of rejection. What will you do with Jesus? Will you accept him or deny him? Be careful how you decide your eternal destiny. It rests in this decision. We have looked at one of the most difficult and yet beautiful passages of scriptures. Jesus endured such suffering and agony for us. He endured all that so we might be saved. The question is today, do you know him? Christian, how long has it been since you worshiped the Lord and offered thanksgiving for what he provided for you? Today, I pray that when you come to the altar, 
we will come and we will ask God to forgive us. And as he leads us at the altar, we would pray prayers that he wants us to pray today. And I pray today that as you come out, that you will surrender your heart and your life to Jesus. The call that I make today, if you have never surrendered your life to Jesus, and you would like to surrender your life today because you understand what Jesus endured so that you could be set free, if that is you, I want you to just raise your hand. Then I want to speak to the person that has said, I have been born again, but I've backslidden. I don't pray, I don't read my Bible, I have no relationship with God anymore. That is you. I want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for those today that's believing, believing for God to move and touch their family members that are unsaved. But today we're going to pray for the people that needs to accept the, the Lord as their personal Lord and Savior. And through this, I believe, if you believe with your whole heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Say, Lord Jesus, I give you my heart today. I thank you for your precious blood that has washed me, cleansed me, and purged me from all sin and from all unrighteousness. I thank you today that you died for me more than 2,000 years ago on the cross of Calvary. Today, I believe in what you have done for me. Today, I declare I'm born again, washed with the blood, a child of the Most High God. You have said that prayer, you have said it and believed it with all your heart, then today you are born again. You are a child of the Most High God. In Jesus' name, Amen and Amen.